0: And I want to welcome you on this Sunday, May 10th, as we continue through our series. Now, we actually deviated from a series that we were on because sometimes when things happen in a culture in the world... We have to stop what we're doing, listen to what the Holy Spirit is leading us into. And I felt very clear direction that we were to address what's going on in our time. So what started as what we thought would be a mini-series, who knew how long we would be into this thing, right? So I thought, oh, this is going to be two or three weeks. We'll do a mini-series, and then we'll get right back on the book of Philippians. And yet this series, New Normals, has turned into week after week after week. And here we are again. Today, I want to talk about this because in light of what's happening right now, which for many states, including the state of Texas right now, we're starting to see a a lifting of restrictions, a lifting of regulations where now people are beginning to venture out again. I was at the store yesterday. It was jam-packed. I was at an outing on Tuesday night with neighbors from our, we call it the Agrihood, our neighborhood. We're all together for an event just just to get to connect and be together again. People are ready to connect. They're ready to get out. And so it really began to weigh on my heart and my mind all through the week as I've been thinking about this. And as Annette has mentioned to me a while back to honor one amazing mom and wife, uh, she had said to me a while back, she says, I feel very strongly that you should go with Joshua chapter 1 and talk about boldness and courage and all the dynamics of that chapter. And I was like, in, in the right time, in this week, it really surfaced in my heart that we needed to talk about this. Because here's the thing, we are actually moving forward into new normals. We're not going back to where we were. There is no going back. In fact, for a follower of Jesus, it's kind of a burn the ships mentality because we don't just go back. It's like the Israelites during the Exodus wanting to go back to Egypt. There was nothing for them there because things had changed. They couldn't go back. And so here we are, we find ourselves in a place of new normals where the question begs and asks this, what do we do now? What's next? How do we proceed? Well, listen, I don't have all those answers, but I know somebody who does. In fact, the name of Jesus and the, and the, the Lordship of Christ at work in us, through us, is going to give us the grace to move forward, not backward, to navigate these new normals as we go. So the title of today's message is this, Moving Forward. Because the bottom line is, we're going forward and onward and upward. We're not going backward. And so... In our minds now, we have to rethink and adjust, as the military saying is, you adapt and you overcome, and we have to adjust ourselves to what these new normals are, and ask this question, how do we go forward, and what do we do? So I want to start with Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. If you have your Bible, I want you to go there. You'll see the scriptures on the bottom of the screen, and I'll be reading from the book of Joshua. I'm going to be using the New King James Version today. Moving forward, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. So we need to back up a little bit because context is keen. And so I want to give you a little bit of a backdrop of why this is so important. First of all, to let you know where they were. Now understand the children of Israel, the Hebrews, who had been enslaved to Egypt were now released and under the leadership of Moses, they had made this journey now for some 40 years around this mountain heading towards the promised land, but there continued to be drama along the way. They continued to mess up. They continue. It's kind of like a pass-fail test. <laughs> they were failing the test, and so they were having to retake test after test after test. I know none of us can relate to that in real life, right? You ever feel like If you failed a test, you had to take it over again. Not only in school, I'm talking about in real life, and it has become part of the language of my family's culture. We'll say, wow, we're going to probably end up taking this test again. Or do you remember when we went through that situation, and we passed the test, and we've not had to repeat that situation because we passed? So there's a pass-fail kind of thing here, and the children of Israel some several million people on this journey following the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night going in lockstep with the presence of God. They were were going from place to place to place, camping out along the way. What should have been, listen to this, this will blow your mind, what should have been an 11-day journey turned into 40 years of running in circles or as we say in west texas like a dog chasing its tail around a tree what should have been a very short direct journey into the promised land god had given this great promise to moses and his own children saying there is a land that's flowing with milk and honey it's amazing." It's amazing, but there are giants in the land, and you are going to get the land, but you're going to have to route the enemy out of the land that you're possessing, and I will be with you as you go. And as they were in the wilderness, situation, scenario after scenario, situation after situation, continued to set them back. Now, interesting thing happened. Moses actually ended up taking his own tent outside of the tent city. And we picked that up. Now, you won't see this on the screen, but I want to backtrack because I want to give you some background here. Exodus 33, 7. Listen to this. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp. This is while they're on the journey. This is before they were about to cross over. They were on the journey and far from the camp and called it the tabernacle of meeting or the tent of meeting. And listen to this. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So picture it, this large tent city, this huge nation of people that are moving through the desert, round and around the same mountain, over and over. And yet Moses outside of the city, outside of the tent city, Set up his own tent and he called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it was there that he would meet with God on an ongoing basis. And the people who wanted to meet with God would come out there to Moses' tent. Now, listen to this. At the end of that same passage, a few verses later, this is not something I've heard talked about or preached on much, but when I read this years ago, it it was thunder in my soul. It was one of those things that leapt off the page. And just stuck with me. Listen to this in verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. Now, listen to what happens. If you listen very carefully. And he, Moses, would return to the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So I wanted to give you this backdrop because I want you to understand why it is that Joshua was now in line to take the people of Israel over into the promised land. It was because he spent time with the Father in the presence of God. He spent time in the presence of God. See, it's interesting because we tend to think that we're preparing ourselves for something, but we're not preparing ourselves for something as much as God is preparing us. We have this mentality of, I've got to get ready, i got to get my ducks in a row, I've got to, even, even in building a sermon, being a message, I learned a long time ago that while I'm trying to prepare a sermon, God is more interested in preparing me, working on me. Sometimes God prepares a sermon and gives you a sermon. Sometimes he prepares the minister. And I find that I'm much more effective and much more at ease and much more at peace when I have spent quality time in the presence of God as opposed to just reading commentaries and books and studying and parsing verbs and breaking down the Greek and the Hebrew and all that, which is good and valuable and important but I'm much more effective when I'm in the presence of God. There have been many times where I have pushed aside the study in order to be in his presence. and This is what Joshua did on an ongoing basis. When Moses would go back into the tent village, the tent city, Joshua would hang back in the presence of God. And look what it did. It actually set him up to move forward. We're talking about moving forward today. And could it be that God is calling us to spend quality time in His presence so that we too can be prepared and able and ready to move forward? Because as these regulations lift, the restrictions lift, it's going to be a new day and we need to be ready to move forward, not only as a church body, but as individuals husbands fathers mothers wives children students young we need to be ready and the way we get ready isn't just through reading books and studying it is by being in the very presence of God now listen to this picking up our study here verse 3 in Joshua chapter 1 you'll see this on the screen Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, Joshua is basically, if you ever saw a relay race and track, there's a baton that gets passed. A runner has the baton, and whoever... Whoever's running the race at the time carries the baton, but when they hand it off to the next leg of the race, they hand off the baton. They pass the baton. And in this very real sense, Moses, who was not allowed to cross over into the, the promised land, there's a whole backstory to that. I won't go into that. But Moses was not going to be the one. So Moses, in a sense, handed the baton off to his young man, Joshua, his young aide who had stayed in the presence of God, who was ready Because of the presence of God. And he receives the same promise that Moses did. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Let me tell you what I've done. When I've worked in various places, whether I was on staff at a church or working for an organization or a business, I took this passage to heart. And it was not uncommon for me that if I was able to get someplace before, you know, before everybody else got there, and typically when I worked for Ramsey Solutions, I was one of the first people there in my whole department. I had the whole floor to myself. I'd usually get there before anybody, and I would literally walk through that whole floor with this scripture on my mind, declaring that everywhere my foot went that God was giving me that territory. Now listen, I wasn't taking it for my own possession. I was claiming it for the kingdom of God. And I would walk through and I, would, I saw all the cubicles of all the people I worked with, some 45 plus people on that floor, and I would pray for them by name and I would walk through that place and declare that God was giving that territory. When was the last time you walked through your workplace and you declared over it everywhere? Listen to what the scripture says. Everywhere... Or every place that the sole of my foot treads upon, I am receiving as an inheritance from God. You need to understand something. You are a joint heir with Jesus. You are a co heir with Christ. And even as Christ has been given all things and received all things, we as his children, we as his sons and daughters, we as brothers and sisters are also recipients of the inheritance. This promise is a promise that we are called to advance the kingdom and take territory. You should walk through your workplace. I'm giving you something to do, this is a homework assignment. Go through your workplace. When those doors open back up and you're back in that place, walk through there. Don't do it out loud. Don't be a weirdo. We're not trying to freak anybody out. We're trying to leak life out, right? Leak out. Don't freak out. Walk through your place and in your mind and under your breath. Say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that everywhere the soles of my feet tread, Lord, you're giving me this land. We're advancing the kingdom in this place. And see and watch and experience the atmosphere change simply because you're standing on the Word of God. Isn't that powerful? Go through and claim and stand. Now, do that in your home. That's where we work. What about where you live? When was the last time you walked through your home and declared, this house is the property of Jesus. This house is the property of the kingdom of God. This house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Walk through your home and declare that everywhere your soul treads, it's territory that you're receiving. Now, here's another place you can try that. How about where we play? Where do you go to recreate? Where are you? Where do? You, what kinds of places do you go to? What is your hobby? What is the thing that you do? Whether it's hunting, golfing, or other things, whatever it might be, have you thought about Claiming the land and the territory everywhere you go. What is that? That is advancing. It's a mentality of moving forward and a, and a mentality of advancement. Everywhere my feet tread, Lord, you'll give me that land. You'll give me that territory for the sake of the kingdom. Isn't that powerful? I encourage you to do that. Where you live, where you work, where you play. Claim the territory. Where you shop. Stepping in a grocery store and declaring that everywhere my feet treads, the kingdom is advancing. And I'm a carrier of the kingdom. We've heard a lot about the coronavirus. I feel like if I hear that word another time, I'm going to blow my mind. It's just like... but let me tell you, there is a virus that you carry that can never be stopped, extinguished, or put out. And it's the virus of the presence of God. It's a virus of the kingdom of God. And you are a dispenser of that. You are called to be contagious with the virus of the kingdom everywhere your soul treads. Verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. He was marking out the promised land. He's saying, this will be yours as you advance upon it, as you move forward. Verse 5, look at the promise. No man shall be able to stand before you all The days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And listen to this promise, which is repeated many times throughout the Scripture: "I will not leave you, nor forsake you." That is the promise of God on us. He'll never leave us. I always say, "Well, Elvis may have left the building, but Jesus has never left the building. The church may have left the building temporarily, but Jesus." Has never left the building. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never forsake you. Not on your worst day. Not in the middle of your worst decision. Will he abandon you or forsake you or leave you. People will turn their backs. Things will come and go. People will come and go. Jobs come and go. Churches come and go. But he will never leave you or forsake you. You are secure in Christ. And listen to this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I'm going to share another scripture. It won't be on the screen, but this came to me this morning as I was reading back through this passage. Listen to this in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. See if this doesn't sound similar. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That means you will put it down. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. The promise to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Then the promise through the prophet Isaiah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Are you seeing a pattern here? It's a pattern of protection. It's a pattern of I've got you, a pattern of provision. And he says you will prosper. The word prosper literally means to come to good success. So whenever you see that word, what's funny is that because of Uh, different doctrines that have been taught and some abuses that have happened in the church world. We tend to run from a word like prosper because it's that prosperity gospel, that prosperity teaching. But don't vilify a good word that's a Bible word. And God, look at what he says. He says, no weapon. He says, and every tongue you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall come to good success. It will not come to success. It will not overwhelm you. Back to our passage, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and courageous, of good courage. That reminds me of a time when David, the king... They were at a place called Ziklag, and they were doing what they did. They had a tent city as well. David had been traveling with his band of brothers, and they were off away from the city doing what they were doing. And while they left their tent city, their children, their wives, their stock, all their positions were left vulnerable. And there was a group of raiders that came in and literally decimated the village and took everything. And while David and his men were coming back, they came over a rise. And Scripture says they could see that the that the the tent city had been burned with fire. So they saw the smoke from a long way off. Can you imagine being one of those mighty men with David and knowing that what you're seeing, it's like being six blocks away from your house and seeing smoke and wondering, is that mine? Is that my house? Is my house burning down? They, their entire community burned down. And all of their children and stock and provisions were taken off in this terrible raid. And it was such a bad situation that David's men actually turned on him. And they were so wrought with grief and so decimated in their own hearts they lost heart and so much so they wanted to turn on David and David does something very interesting and it's it's a principle that has encouraged me through the years first of all David said to Abiathar the priest he said hand me the linen ephod what is the ephod the ephod was a device whereby they sought out the will of God and it was a garment with the 12 tribes of Israel, gemstones, the hymns. It was an incredible garment that was designed, and God had given them a a divine design. And David steps into the priestly, steps out of the warrior mode into a priestly mode, and he says, bring me the ephod. David seeks the Lord, and the Lord says, pursue and overcome, pursue and overtake. He says, go after him. He says, you will recover all. And in the midst of that happening, in that scene, the Bible says this, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, what does it mean to encourage? Encourage literally means this. It means to inspire courage. For example, if, if you were to come to me and say, Jimmy, I so appreciate you, and you're, you're, you're a blessing to me, you're a blessing. You know what that would do for me? That would inspire courage in me. To encourage is to impart and to inspire courage in another. That's why I love hanging around encouragers. Don't you? Don't you love being around people who just build you up? And when you leave their presence, you're like, I feel like I could, I could literally, I'm walking off, I'm walking a foot off the ground. Or or I could I could charge the gates of hell with a super soaker right now because I'm encouraged. They have imparted courage. They've inspired courage into my life. But what happens when you get around somebody who is a discourager? They discourage, they diss. they take away courage. It actually like sticking a siphon in your heart and sucking the life out of you. Well, if you're like me, you probably tend to avoid those kinds of folks. I find that I'm allergic to discouraging people (laughs) because I need all the courage I can get to make it in this crazy world. David understood the principle of encouraging himself in the Lord. Notice it says, in the Lord. So it wasn't just some mental exercise he did. It wasn't just getting PMA going, positive mental attitude happening where he's speaking. What he did is he returned to what he understood in his fellowship with God. Harken back to the Psalms. Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. You, my God, you are with me. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. David went back to what he knew, and that was to worship. Worship. I have no doubt when the scripture says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, he did what was already his pattern to do and that was to be before the Lord and to worship him. And in that worship, he was inspired, encouraged, in he was he had courage imparted to him and he was able to encourage himself in the Lord in the face of all of his mighty men and everyone that he knew at that moment turning their back on him, he was able to encourage himself. In the Lord, do you and are you able to encourage yourself? Here's how I do it. I put on worship music and I just go after God. I let that, that worship, that music d- redirect my thoughts and reorganize and reorient my thoughts to the true north. And that is my Father. Another way I do that is through the Word of God and reading the Word of God, meditating on the Word, speaking the Word. In fact, go back to our passage. Look at this, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. He takes it to a whole other level. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may Have good success that you may prosper wherever you go. God is reminding Joshua that, look, you have been given a playbook. You have been given true north. And you know what's so beautiful? That on this side of the resurrection, we don't have to go back to the law. We don't have to go back to Deuteronomy. We don't have to go back to these laws. But we get to go to Jesus and walk in a relationship spirit and truth, where we get to know him and walk with him and learn of him. But yes, we want to be quick to do, quick to respond to whatever he tells us to do. And the beauty of it is, is we don't have to go back to the law. We go back to Jesus. We go back to what he said, reading the words, praying for the power, seeing what Jesus said, receiving what Jesus said, and now heeding what Jesus said, he says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. I would say this in terms of being a New Testament, New Covenant believer. Don't turn from this book. Don't turn from the word. Whether you go to the right hand or the left, do not turn away from the scripture, the spoken, the revealed, the written word of God for you. Stay in your Word. Stay in. Dive in. Eat it, drink it, sleep it, get it in you. It's not enough just to get in the Word. Get the Word in you. Listen in verse 8. This book of the law, again, that written law, what God had given to Moses, and now we have all these thousands of years of hindsight to see the Scripture for us. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. There it is again. According to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. Notice what it says. Don't allow it to depart from your mouth. This is why I believe that it is so powerful to speak the word out loud. To declare god's word out loud it's great to think about it it's great to read it to mull it over to to think about it and let it wash over your mind and renew your mind but there is something there's a dynamic that happens when you speak do you know that in the physical world in the in the world of physics that when you speak and you create a sound that that sound never goes away it's actually eternal in nature when you speak the sound waves go out and conceivably they go out beyond this building into the atmosphere as they go out into the atmosphere it's like a ripple effect that never stops can you imagine the number of words that have been spoken into the universe we'll bring that down to where you live if that's true that your words are eternal your words matter your words are powerful can you imagine getting God's Word on your mouth through your mouth into your home, into your workplace, into the places where you play, and declaring the word of God as you go. He says, Don't let it depart from your mouth. I always like to say, I want to see what God sees. I want to know what God knows, but I also want to say what God says. Verse 9. We'll end with this verse. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. It's the fourth time he has said this. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a word of encouragement for young Joshua. He's hearing this again, this word, and yet I think he already knew this because he had already been in the presence of God. I think this was a reiteration of what God had already poured into him when he sat with him in the tent of meeting, the tabernacle of meeting, Moses' house. While Moses went back to town, Joshua hung back in the presence of God. So what does it take to move forward? What am I ultimately trying to say to you today? I want to say the same thing that Moses said at one point. When God was leading them to take off and go to a new place, Moses made this statement. He said, unless you go with us, unless your presence goes with us, we won't go from here. God in his grace said, surely my presence will go with you. But can you imagine having that kind of mentality about everything? Getting up in the morning and in your mind saying, if God's presence isn't with me, I'm not going. If he's not moving with me, I'm stopping. If he's not with me, I'm not going to go. Here's the thing. We have been called to move out, called to move forward, called to advance the kingdom. Scripture says that of his kingdom, there shall be no end. It continues out like a ripple effect, much like what I said with the physics of words, the physics of sound. That is our call, to move forward, not to go back. We're not going back to Egypt. There's nothing for us there. So we now have been given the privilege of coming out of this season of sheltering in and staying at home and quarantining. We now have a chance to almost, in a real sense, get a redo. It's like a restart, a reboot. We get to step back out into our culture different than we were two months ago. We get to step out with the word of God on our mouth, a declaration in our heart, encouraged in our own spirit, lifted up, being strong and courageous and moving forward and not being a silent witness. You hear me say this all the time. We leak out, we don't freak out, but there comes a time to speak up and to speak out. And I believe we're in that time. I believe there is a window of opportunity for us to share the gospel and to be unashamed of who we are, to be unafraid, to step out. One of the greatest ways you can do this, just to start this, is to ask someone, how could I pray for you? how could I pray for you? People are vulnerable right now. They're open right now. They're wondering what's going to happen. And I guarantee you're going to find very few people on this planet that are going to say, oh, no, I don't want you to pray for me. This is an opportunity for us as a people to move forward. As we land the plane today, you may be watching this and saying, wow, that's great, but I'm not even there. And if you have never stepped over the line to go all in with Jesus, I'm going to keep this very short. Would you do that today? Would you do it right now? Those of you that are watching, you've said, you know what, I love Jesus, I know I'm a follower of Christ, but I have not, I've I've not been engaged in the fight. I've not been in the ring. And I'm ready, I'm ready to move forward. I don't want to go back to Egypt. I'm ready to go forward if that's you. I'm going to invite both of you to pray with me. And for those of you, this may be a first-time prayer. For others, this may be a prayer of recommitment. But I invite you to pray this with me. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray this prayer with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, you just repeat that. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I turn from my past. And I turn toward you. Come into my life. Would you save me? Would you fill me? Would you empower me? I want to be renewed and restored. I want to be born again. Jesus. I receive you as my Savior and also the Lord and Master of my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I am yours. Use me as you will. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to do something. Would you write? You can write in an email at info at fbg.com. Very simple. Info at have got a booklet we'll send to you. That was written by my coach, mentor, and friend, Max Lucado. And we'll get that to you. It's just sort of next steps. What do I do now? How can I move forward from here? And we'll send that to you. And listen, if you're online with us, feel free to write in. Let us know. In fact, do something even before we finish. Take a picture of your setting. We got some great pictures last week of people worshiping and sitting in their living room with their dogs in front of the TV. It's amazing. But do send those in. Do post them online. Let people know what's going on. And let me just encourage you in this. We're going to be meeting this week with our leaders. We have a date in mind to reopen here locally. We'll continue our online presence just like we are. We'll bring more details to you this coming week. But I want to give you a heads up that we are just around the corner from reopening. And talk about moving forward. I cannot wait for the family reunion that's going to happen in this building. So God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We love you. Have an amazing week on purpose.